I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You ease my mind, you make everything so fine Worry about those times I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need that hind to throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah When you're not around, when you throw that to the side, yo I get those goosebumps every time, yeah 713, through the one, yeah, I'm riding Why they on me? Why they on me? I'm flying, sipping low-key I get those goosebumps every time You come around, yeah You ease my mind You make everything go fine Worry about those times I'm way too numb, yeah It's way too dumb, yeah I get those goosebumps every time I need the hype Dance is already dancing Love it Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Loading Mag NUFC Away Days Champions League special. We are back for another Champions League preview, and uh, look, it's bound to be a cracking one. I cannot wait to get this started. Dad, you're with us tonight. How are you? How's things? And how how much are you looking forward to this Champions League game at St James's Park? Oh, I'm really looking forward to it, Pete. I'll be looking forward to it all the more if I was going, like half the panel here, that'll be on here tonight, are, are going to it. Uh, yeah, no, and even with the, the, uh, what the what they're doing with the drones and the next United, all the build-up to it, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So it's going to be some nice war flags will be out in spectacular fashion. Oh, it's going to be a tough one. I wouldn't like to be in Paris, I'd man. choose. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and we'll get into that. And uh, look, uh, we won't we won't beat around the bush, guys. Um, we've got so many in the chat already. Welcome everyone in the chat. And um, get your questions in um, for Jonathan and Lee. And let's not let's not wait any longer. Um, as always on away days, it's all about the opposition view. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome back uh, to the show. Uh, Sky Sports only, Davy. Davey versus Davey. Here it is. Hey. Oh, I'm here. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back on. How are you doing? Oh, good. 48 hours, 48 hours to go to the big one. I know. <laughs> and you've not come alone tonight because you've got um, our I'm very own, a very, very special guest, um, Jonathan Johnson, coming and joining us as your uh, as your partner in crime. So you've let's got, bring got back on. up tonight. Come on in, JJ. <laughs> Welcome, Jonathan. Hello, guys. How's it going? Thanks a lot for having me on. Delighted to be tag teaming with Lee this evening. <laughs> Definitely. We got this, Pete. We got this. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We always have. But no, honestly, um, guys, it's a pleasure to have you on um, and to take the time to come and join us because it is, for I think, for both clubs, a very, very busy time. Lots of fixtures, uh, lots of things to discuss. Um, and we'll get straight down to it, really, because um, really, really interesting. First and foremost, um, it's only really just been kind of announced. Obviously, Newcastle announced the big match, the next match for us at St. James's Park, the first in 20 years. An amazing feeling for us as Newcastle fans. But interestingly for PSG, um, you have already announced uh, the, the squad from a French perspective um, uh, to, well, to ju just in the last few hours. Um, and what was really interesting uh, with that is that there's certain players that are not in the squad. 
for that game. So I just wanted to start and talk about that. I wanted to get your your thoughts, both of you, on on that. The fact that um, Hugo Ekatike is not in there, Marco uh, Asensio uh, and, and Kimpembe. You know, from your perspectives, um, is that a surprise? Um, and 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 you know what what have you made of of that squad that that's been announced? Um, uh, Lee, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, I'm not really surprised um, from, from those perspectives. I, I think that um, they were all expected. Um, we know that professional Kimpembe's have been out since I believe it was the Marseille game in February, where yeah, he ruptured his Achilles, so he's due back November, December, I believe, um, around about that time. Uh, Hugo Ikitike, we know that there's been a few issues around him in the summer and um, certainly it appears that he's surplus to requirements at the club and, uh, and Marco Asensio is, is nursing an injury that he picked up on international duty and uh, I believe he should be back after the international break. Uh, JJ might be able to uh, update me a little bit better on that but there's no surprises in terms of the emissions from the squad. Um, so, yeah, um, we, we PSG will go with what they've got. Yeah, I mean, to, to that, I would add that Ekatike uh, isn't even registered in the Champions League squad anyway. Basically, there was uh, a bit of a falling out between him and the PSG hierarchy at the end of the transfer window. Like PSG were very close to missing out on Rando Colomani. Basically, there'd been negotiations going on on the side to potentially take Ekatike on loan to Crystal Palace except PSG weren't aware that these negotiations were happening while PSG were trying to potentially sell him to Eintracht Frankfurt to replace Kolomwani. So there was a massive mess there and, and Kolomwani and his agent's actions didn't go down particularly well with PSG, which is why he's been left out of the squad altogether. A couple of names to add in as well. Nuno Mendes, probably won't see him until next year now. Uh, he's just undergone surgery. Uh, and you've also got Lee Kangin as well, another summer signing, who's currently on international duty with uh, South Korea to get himself out of military service as uh, most uh, South Korean internationals playing in Europe do. So, uh, yeah, a handful of players unavailable, but like Lee said, nobody that sort of really, uh, you know, was unexpected for this one. Interesting. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I've not kept an eye on, on PSG um, in terms of the, their squad, so it's interesting to get your opinions on Ekatike, but uh, Marco Asensio uh, was a bit of a surprise to me, but you, you, for me, you, uh, I think you've, you've kind of cleared it up there, which is interesting. Um, but look, this is a, a big game for many reasons, obviously not just because uh, me and Leo, either side of the, uh, of the coin uh, in terms of um, teams that we support, but of course you've got the you've got the Saudi and you've got the Qatar um, situation um, uh, with with both clubs. And I think um, just not not too long ago, um, Jonathan, you you released a piece um, that you did for uh, Sports um, Galasso um, around Newcastle United and PSG. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts, really, just uh, and to touch on your article because it's a, a fantastic article. Um, I read it before we we went live, and um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on both the situations with PSG and Newcastle, and just your your opinion on, on where both clubs stand with regards to coming into this Champions League match um, and, and what what they've built uh, sort of over the last year, eighteen months. Well, first of all, I'd say about Newcastle, I've been really impressed with the way that things have gone since the beginning of the Saudi project. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of parallels to, to PSG's own Qatari quest, which started over 10 years ago now. Uh, but the, the one thing that, you know, has really struck me is sort of how 
sensible Newcastle have gone about uh, you know their early business. Uh, you know, obviously, we know that the financial means of the club now is is much greater than it's ever been uh, in the past. But there hasn't really been a temptation to sort of fritter that money and spend it just on you know any sort of big name that might be available. It's been really you know considered the transfer approach from the club. Uh, and you look at some of the pieces that have been put together, like the very early acquisition of Bruno Guimaraes, still to me strikes me as sort of the best deal so far of the the, the Saudi era. You know, picking up Sven Botman as well, both uh, you know league on based talents, another very good acquisition. Uh, but also the you know picking up Sandro Tonali this summer was sort of a, a bit of an understated statement, if I can really call it that, because obviously he's a player who is well known for what he's done uh, in uh, with group opponents, Milan. But also at the same time, I don't think many people would have seen him sort of swapping Milan for, for, for Newcastle yet to do that, you know, was a, a really, uh, you know, a sign of the, the, the direction that Newcastle are heading in. And what's really interesting about it is, you know, this game comes at a time when obviously there's massive pressure on PSG for this game because of sort of the geopolitical aspects of it, you know, losing, perhaps you could even argue, drawing uh, against a Saudi-owned club would probably not be welcomed by the Qatari owners, you know, basically anything but victory. But uh, equally at the same time, PSG are in this transitional phase now under Luis Enrique where they've completely overhauled uh, the squad. And although PSG t- generally tend to go quite heavy in terms of rebuilding the squad after disappointing seasons. They've gone all out this summer, you know, moved on a lot of the big names, brought in a lot of new players. It's essentially an entirely new uh, team and they're still finding their feet, uh, you know, still getting used to playing under Luis Enrique and Luis Enrique is still trying to build that team chemistry and that doesn't come overnight. So to come into a real sort of high pressure game like this is going to be a real challenge for them. The one thing that I would say about PSG um, in this current form, they look like, um, you know, much more of a team than we've seen from them in the last couple of years, sort of gone is the, the over-reliance on individual ability, you know, relying on someone like Messi or Neymar to dig them out with a bit of magic, which to be fair, didn't really work during Messi's time uh, at the club at all. Uh, Mbappe still, uh, you know, comes up big in uh, important moments. How fit he is, uh, you know, will, will also be quite telling for for this game, I think. But it's it's also really interesting, and I tried to put it into the piece earlier, that PSG have taken over 10 years to get to the point where they realise that individual brilliance and these big names aren't going to win them the Champions League. And if Newcastle have realize that before even spending a penny you know then i think their chances of of you know potentially building towards one day maybe being a, a competitive force in a competition like the champions league uh you know could be doable in a shorter time frame than uh you know than psg's quest because it took them the best part of 10 years just to get to that final in 2020 which you know, with all due respect to sort of, I guess, what many people at PSG would consider to be the biggest match in the club's history. It also came in extenuating circumstances in a one-off, uh, you know, tournament format in uh, in Portugal. So a lot of interesting, uh, you know, subplots coming into this game. Uh, and yeah, I hope I've left uh, Lee enough to sort of pick over. <laughs> after. <laughs> all good, all good, all good, Jose, all good. Brilliant stuff. Um, but but Lee, Lee, I want to get your your opinions um, on that sort of Saudi uh, Qatari link from your perspective. But equally, 
Um, I just wanted to add in there because uh, Jonathan touched on it as well, but just the revamp of the squad in particular, because there has been a lot of major changes. And and for everyone outside of sort of French football and, and, and PSG, I'm kind of like honing in on that. And, and there's a lot of certainly comments from Premier League clubs, fans of Premier League clubs saying PSG are finished. They're not the same anymore. They got rid of all their stars. Um, but like, just give us a flavour of, of what PSG, in your opinion, are trying to do now and, and how they're trying to shape up. Yeah, obviously, a lot of players shipped out uh, in the summer. A lot of players that have been there for, for a long time. People like Marco Verratti, people like Union Drexler. Um, there was, you know, there's players that are obviously not featured around the first team uh, as much of late. And I do believe that the, the changes were necessary. It became very toxic last season you know john john will tell you more than anyone he's there week in week out and it became very very toxic between the players the fans uh, the board we there was so much kind of um so many difficulties um around the players even you know we had arguments between the sporting advisor Luis campos and you know that uh, back in monaco he fell out with neymar at half time and other players it was it was really kind of you know, such a, a difficult place. And it just felt like change had to happen. It kind of felt it had come to the end of its current cycle and the club had to go in a different direction. What I wasn't expecting is that this kind of change to this extent would happen in one summer. Um, so much has happened so quickly over the summer and the business that's been done has been quite staggering, to be honest with you. Um, as Jonathan said earlier it's you know there's a, there's a team there now that's gonna it's gonna take time for this team to really kind of come to fruition this players that are there at the moment are still getting to learn to play with each other um they're still trying to build that chemistry which isn't fully quite there yet especially from an attacking standpoint um with the new defenders we've got this this uh lucas hernandez who's come in there's this uh, this um screenyard that's coming alongside that marquinhos at the back and almost a pretty much a completely new midfield so you know, at the moment, I think PSG fans, fans are patient. I think they're quite happy with how things are going. Yes, PSG are currently fifth in the table. Got that right, I'm the JJ fifth after the weekend's fixtures. Um, and anything that's not top spot is normally well, yeah. territory. <laughs> but but in any other time, it would be it would be crisis. But it just kind of feels as though okay, let's not panic. We're two points off the top of the league. Um, yes, you know, we dropped what nine points this season. I think it's nine points, um, but there's there's there's, a, there's an air of patience around the club because we know that there's going to be some slip ups along the way. There's going to be some poor performances. Things might not be perfect straight away, but I think PSG fans can see that something's happening. That the club is moving in the right direction. You know, the players there are all fighting. You can see on the pitch already that there's a real team feel to to every game. I look at. A uh, perfect example I can give is the recent 4-0 win over Marseille and PSG were 3-0 up in the 90th minute and Marseille had a free kick and literally all 11 men were behind the ball and it led to a counter-attack from Colin Wani and, you know, uh, Gonzalo Ramos scored and made it 4-0 but it just goes to show that, you know, PSG last season were defending with, with eight men and, you know, now this team is, is, is fighting, it's fighting on all fronts and it might not be perfect as those who watched Saturday's game in Clermont, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a great game. Um, and PSG were poor on the day. But, you know, I don't think there's any 
any worry there. I think people are calm. It's like the Nice game. Again, PSG's only defeat in the league, which is against Nice. And there was some calm there, even though they were beaten at home. And, you know, I think four days later, they came out and swept Dortmund away 2-0. So, you know, there will be a few hiccups along the way. But I think PSG are moving in the right direction. But it's just going to take time. I think something else that I'd add to, to what Lee was saying there as well is the fans sense that now. Like the, the fans that, that Newcastle supporters will see on Wednesday are a completely different bunch to the ones you would have seen last season or the season before who really had just gotten fed up of the, the Qatari project. You know, there, there's a lot of positivity around the stadium again. And one thing that, you know, PSG can't ever really be criticised for, and I'm sure Lee uh, has told you about this, Pete, many times, is the travelling fans, especially on European nights, are fantastic. And while there's no doubt that the atmosphere would be electric at St James's Park, regardless of the opponent's, I think PSG's away fans will also contribute to a, a, a fantastic spectacle because, you know, when PSG get to, to go on the road, especially to some of these, uh, you know, big Premier League venues, seen it at Old Trafford in the past, Stamford Bridge as well, uh, the Emirates, uh, you know, it, there's a real sense of occasion to that. And I, I certainly think that PSG will sense that and they'll feel that this is a, a big game because they have actually performed in sort of traditionally what you would call the big game so far this season, beat Lens at home quite uh, quite comfortably, uh, Lou Leon away, away from home, although everyone's doing that, that at the moment in the league. Marseille as well. Uh, Dortmund as well. So you, you should expect a, a much different PSG side, I think, to the one that drew with Clermont at the weekend. In fact, the only thing I was surprised at in that game was that there wasn't more rotation. I was surprised to see Mbappe play as much as he did. Uh, and I thought that uh, Enrique would have, have used it as an opportunity to perhaps try and build on those first couple of goals for Gonzalo Ramos against Marseille. But uh, there's a lot more quality and a lot more strength in depth this PSG than we've seen for many a year. There's uh, sorry, there's some great questions coming into the chat as well, guys, and I want to take one of them. And it's from uh, an old flame from, from both sides, really. Gini Wijnaldum uh, is in the chat, and he, he asked the question, uh, Ugarte is the player that he that uh, I really wanted at NUFC. How well has he done since signing for PSG? Good question. JJ, I'm going to throw that to you. Uh... Uh, I've got too many superlatives for this guy. I'm gonna because I know you're not with it for long. I'm gonna let you answer this one, mate. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think it would be maybe a step too far to say that he's been transformative, but he has had a very big impact on this PSG side. Uh, despite you know us only being a couple of games into the season, I guess the the best way to sort of contextualise the impact that Ugarte has had is PSG have gone from a midfield that was over-reliant on Marco Verratti. They swapped that style, which which Verratti had in spades, for substance and greater reliability in Ugarte. And it's working so far, but part of that, and I think you guys will really enjoy watching him on Wednesday night, assuming that he starts, is the emergence of the teenage sensation Warren Zaya Emery because he, this this kid is phenomenal. If Ugarte is a really top talent and is worth the, the the price tag that PSG paid for him in the summer, which I believe was around 60 million euros, his release clause, Warren Zaya Emery is potentially a generational talent. The kid is absolutely phenomenal. And the midfield combination when you've got Ugarte in that holding role and you've got Warren Zaya Emery in front of him with Vitinha, uh, you know, it's actually a very underrated midfield trio and one that I think will continue to grow as the, the season goes on. But I'll uh, I'll send it back to Lee for the uh, for the fans' view because I think <laughs> PSG fans have been crying out for somebody like Ugarte to really come in and be that midfield enforcer for a long time. Absolutely, yeah. He's been he's been huge for PSG, um, and it's no surprise that uh, 
two of the games, recent games that he didn't start, PSG didn't win them. Um, nice and, and Clermont, and uh, they missed him. And when he's not on the pitch, you can see the difference. And uh, he allows Warren Zaire Emery to play and do his thing and be, you know, be comfortable and, 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 and you know, on the ball. But he's everywhere. He's literally everywhere. And Bruno, Bruno plays on Wednesday. He's going to know he's in a battle. He really, really will, because this guy is literally everywhere. You know, the old proverbial English saying of covering every blade of the pitch. Well, this guy certainly does that. Um, he had an interview last week and um, kind of typifies who he is. He came out and said, when I don't, when I have the ball, it's a game. And when I don't have the ball, it's a war. And that kind of, you know, really typifies who he is and what type of player he is. And for anyone who's listening right now, if you haven't seen this guy, just, you know, I'm sure you'll keep an eye. You'll be watching the, the boys in black and white, but just keep an eye on, on, on him because he's, uh, you know, he's a young talent and he's, he's certainly going to get better. And, uh, you know, there's very few people speaking about Marco Verratti these days. And uh, as much as he'll always be in the hearts of PSG fans, I think that, you know, in terms of, the, the midfield shuffle, as JJ said, with Patinia and Warren Emery, I think every, I think PSG fans are, are pretty okay with uh, with this season's transition, definitely. So we'll see how we, it goes. I think we can delve into the footballing lexicon as well because Ugarte is a master of the dark arts. He, he likes a bit of shithousery, which is something that was lacking for PSG for a long, long time since the Mark, the, the, since the Thiago uh, Motta days, really. Uh, and although he doesn't have the same technique as Motta, he certainly has the same kind of mentality. And Lee, uh, you know, with the with the quote that he just uh, came out with, you know, that it's absolutely perfect. It typifies who he is on the pitch. And I couldn't agree more that I think whoever can win the battle, assuming that both players start between uh, Ugarte and Bruno Guimaraes on Wednesday, uh, you know, will arguably give the control of the midfield to, to their team. And should that battle be won, I think that's going to be half the task for, for PSG. Daz, I knew we should have got a Garte this summer. Right? I knew it. <laughs> yeah, we talked we, about we, it. We talked about him enough, haven't I? We were linked with him as well, but no, he sounds like a, a proper talent. Yeah. When you mentioned war, um, yeah, I think Bruno will be well up for that alongside um, the likes of uh, Longstaff and, and whoever plays alongside him, probably Sandro Tonali. Um, I don't know how long how long have you, have you got? Have you got to shoot now, Jonathan? Or have you got more no, we've, got, we've got a couple more minutes, enough time for another question or topic. There was one more, Daz, and I think it was from David Cook around, um, uh, yeah, uh, Kylian Mbappe. So David Cook's put in there a question, does Mbappe's special status cause divisions? in the rest of the squad. I think it's been documented, certainly from the English press, about Mbappe's influence on, on the team. But I don't know uh, which one of you, Jonathan, uh, whether you want to start and, 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 and Lee, whether you want to add to it, because I know uh, Lee's got some opinions on this as well. Um, how, how does Mbappe fit in this new resurgent PSG team? Well, Lee offered the last one up to me first, so I'm going to offer this one up to Lee first. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah, I mean, obviously without being as close to, to the squad, it, it, it's difficult to, to say. I would say that there is there appears to be some evidence that that may have been the case in previous times, maybe last season, you know, after he was handed his, his, you know, this 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 incredible contract in uh, in May 2022 uh, when he re-signed with the club. Um, 
this season, potentially it's a little bit more evolved. So the, 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 the squad certainly feels a lot more harmonious. They're fighting together. It doesn't pretend, possibly doesn't feel so much of a, as an issue this time around. I don't know whether that's because certain players are maybe resigned to the fact that he is leaving after this season. Um, as we know, he's, he's, you know, his contract is up in the summer and that, that, that link with Real Madrid still won't go away. There's, there's no signs of him signing a new deal. Again, we, but you never know what happens with Mbappe. I've, you know, I've made decisions, you know, my mind that he's leaving and accepted that he's leaving and he's stayed, you know, on, on numerous occasions. So, um, I don't, I'll be honest with you, it feels a lot more harmonious place. It feels as though um, Mbappe is still number one in the team. He's still the man, the talisman of, of, of the side. I think he's obviously highly well respected. Um, but last season was different because we had Messi, we had, we had uh, Neymar. There was other players around the club who potentially um, were not happy with Mbappe, his contract, his influence. So we led to believe, obviously, a lot of reporting in the French press in relation to that. But um, no, I think this season feels a little bit different. It feels as though, for me, that Mbappe is focused on PSG and the players are focused on kind of moving into this new area with Mbappe in the side and uh, and hopefully going deep into the Champions League. We'll see how that goes. And, you know, him being a, a huge part of that. But um, yeah, it, it feels a better more harmonious, less toxic place around Paris Saint-Germain at the moment. And um, maybe maybe the ones that have left the club are the ones who really had, you know, the, the, the issues with, with, with Mbappe's contract, his influence at the club. Maybe maybe that's what it was. Those people that have left are now they're the ones that uh, were, were, were most issue, had most issues with it. The ones who keep sniping at PSG since they've left to go to other clubs. <laughs> That's what are they, are they, oh, oh, Well, yeah, you, we know who they are, but the, the ones that are still talking, they still can't talking about, can't stop talking about PSG. Those same ones. The one, the one thing that I would add that I think uh, creates a really interesting dynamic around Mbappe is that PSG, for the first time in a long time, actually have a really French core to this team. Now you look at that attack; suddenly it's made up of guys that Mbappe is playing with at international level. Kolo Moani, uh, Usman Dembele, uh, you know, very close friends with uh, Mbappe, but Bradley Barcolo, who's come in as well, Luca Hernandez in the in the defence, and Warren Zaya Emery emerging in the midfield. Suddenly you've got sort of half the team, uh, you know, that is either an up coming uh, you know French talent or a fully established senior France international and I think PSG have started to feel a bit more French because of that which is nice because it's you know been quite a rarity and also I think um, it's kind of brought back this um, kind of respectability factor not just uh, sort of when people are looking at the team going oh this is supposed to be a French club where are the French players but also the fact that the players you know, now seem to feel like it's more of a French club and it's, uh, you know, something that's certainly going to be interesting to see how it develops in the in the next couple of years. But because of that French core, I think it reinforces the idea that Mbappe is now the leader. He's not fighting with anyone else or, you know, trying to establish himself as the top dog. He's the undisputed top dog now. He's the, the talisman of the team. Uh, and, you know, I think he's just enjoying the fact that this all-star squad you know, that's not quite as all-star as he is, uh, you know, has been built around him. And, uh, you know, he's now the, the beneficiary of that. Because if you look at his numbers from the games that he's played, or certainly going into the Claremont match at the weekend, the numbers he's put up so far this season have been really impressive. 
I think I think JJ, uh, yeah, and just to add to that, I think also, arguably, he's not in his best physical condition yet. You know, we you know he was in the what we call the loft, uh, missed the preseason tour. So you know, in terms of, I think he played maybe he played one preseason friendly. I think it was the first one at the training centre. He scored in that, and then after that, I don't think he, he played any more preseason friendlies. So. You know, like you say, the numbers that he's putting up, he's got seven league goals. Um, he got one in the Champions League, obviously. So he's on eight goals for the season. Um, you know, incredible, incredible. So when he does find his rhythm, it's going to be frightening. Absolutely frightening. That's got- JJ, I have a question for you. Yeah, uh, I know, I'm looking at your, your Twitter. If, it was, if, it's it's remind, if it's going to be to remind me about the score on the opening day of the season, I'm going to have to leave. No. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't be that cruel. No, no. Uh, it, uh, on your, your Twitter, you, you, you're obviously a Villa fan. Okay, apart from Mbappe, uh, Unai Emery can bring in one player from League on. Who is it going to be for Villa? Ooh, good question. Yeah, that's, um, that's a really good question. That's a good question. Um, you know what? I, mean, I, I, do, I, I do feel that Villa are either lacking a backup goalkeeper to Martinez or sort of like a, a second striker to, to back up Watkins. So I don't think I'd be looking for either player to be like necessarily an automatic starter, uh, either that or sort of a bit of, a bit of natural width. Mm. It's, it's caught, caught me off guard this one a little bit. Uh, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to go for somebody like a Colomani who works hard from the front, but also has the ability to score. I mean, I'm delighted with the, the pickup of Moussa Diaby. Like, if you'd, if you'd asked me about a year ago, I thought Villa would be in a situation where they could sign Moussa Diaby from Bayern. I just thought that you'd been drinking all day. But uh, no, it's, um, it's exciting times at Villa Park. And it does feel like we're just kind of like one or two players away from really having the, the, the quality and strength in depth to feel like we could really challenge to, to do what Newcastle did last season and uh, and, and reach the, the, the holy grail of the Champions League. Cool. Um, oh, obviously, obviously, as former winners of the Champions League as well, I should add. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you dropped that in there, of course. And, and look, you're on, you're on, John, uh, although the start wasn't great to, to get yourselves into that stage of the Conference League as well. So um, I'm, I'm sure uh, you'll be... Definitely in with the chat with Emery's record in in cup competitions to to pull that in. But Jonathan, I know you've um, you've obviously um, stayed beyond uh, allocated time, but an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, thank you for tag teaming with Lee um, uh, for the short period. We'd love to have you on again um, later on down the line um, when available. Um, but look, just before you go. Um, Plug uh, where we can find you on social media, and we want your prediction, obviously, for the game on Wednesday. Oh, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, perhaps we could do a live one from outside Parc des Princes if you make it over. Oh, what a nice game! Good one, JJ. <laughs> with a beer in his hand as well. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. Best place to find uh, all of my stuff, like the article I wrote earlier, um, is uh, on Twitter X, whatever it's called this week. Uh, so at <laughs> underscore Legosib. Um And yeah, in terms of a prediction. I mean, I'm going to make myself really unpopular if I go with the prediction I gave to CBS the other day. I reckon PSG will bring out uh, one of their better performances. I'm going to say a PSG win, but wouldn't surprise me if it's an if it's a narrow one, maybe by a goal or so. 
Okay, okay. Um, well, look, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, we, we, we're going to hold you to that outside the box. <laughs> with with the beer idea. in hand as well. Great Lee said with the beer in hand. A beer, a beer in each hand in Lee's, Lee's case. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But look, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for taking the time. And um, look, yeah, uh, pleasure. We'll, 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 guys. Cheers, JJ. Day. Catch you soon, mate. Take care. Bye. Take care. Cheers. Brilliant to have uh, JJ Top on. man. Top man. Superb stuff, great opinions um, as well. Uh, look, Lee, you know more than anybody. Like he is, he is tops in terms of French football in his in his knowledge, uh, particularly on. Yeah, Pitch. yeah. JJ's uh, just a bit, a bit of background in, uh, there. He's lived in Paris most of his life, and uh, his family lived there. Um, he moved there as a young boy. Um, hope he doesn't mind me sharing the, it's a bit of information background about him. So, you know, just he had a season ticket from a young age, way before the, the Qatari era as a fan, before he became a journalist. And um, yeah, he's he's very much in the know. He's close to the club. He'll be at the press conferences. He's, he's in the stadium, you know, week in, week out with the club. He's followed, he's been around Europe with the club for, for, for many, many years. And someone I've kept in touch with, you know, helped certainly helped me in my journalism career. Um, massively inspired me. So, yeah, um, great guy. Um, if you're not following him, you know, definitely worth a follow, guys. He's a uh, very, very, uh, very fantastic journalist and very much in the know. Definitely. We'll have to get him back yeah. as well, Pete, for uh, the transfer window seasons again. Yeah, he'll get some great knowledge, as well as yourself, yeah. Lee. Of, uh, no, absolutely, get him on, sure. I was about to say, the, 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 the tag team won't stop here, yeah. you, know, you know it. <laughs> yeah. I know you. This is round one. You wait to, there's another, another one in November. So, um, <laughs> have to do it again, definitely. There you go. Um, but look, no, it's, it's, um, it's great to have him on, and great opinions, uh, of course. Um, as well in there, yeah. And one, one or two, one or two weren't, weren't best pleased when he predicted a PSG win. We'll see how that kind of materializes as we, we go along. But look, um, over 120 plus in, in the chat. If you haven't already, um, housekeeping, of course, click that like, click the subscribe button. Uh, to loaded Mag NUFC. Um, if you haven't already, um, great to have you in there. A few new people in the chat as well. Some fantastic questions that we'll come to. Um, in just a second um Lee, we're going to get to the game now uh, yeah. rich rich you're absolutely right mate um in, in what he just put on the on the chat uh, myself and he we, we've talked about this for years in fact lee you you spoke about it more than i did when i was down in the down in the dumps with mike ashley thinking we would yeah. never be back in the champions league you were saying all it needs is a takeover you'll be back there you know Against the it against is. the league, um, yeah, things can change very quickly in football. Very, very quickly, fortunes can change very, very quickly, um, and nothing stays the same forever. It, it just doesn't. You know, football goes in cycles. Investment now um, from all over the world, especially in Premier League clubs, and Newcastle was a really great for for any investor. Really, what a, what a great club to to invest into. You know, um, one club city incredible fan base already a, you know a huge stadium that you can you know build up on and, and and it's you know even you guys getting tickets for games already must be an absolute nightmare it's a bloody nightmare so you know there is so much more to build on with, with with newcastle there's so much scope for the club going forwards and look it's just the start 
it's just the start of big, big things. And as long as, you know, as long as the owners don't follow the PSG lead and, you know, and, and what PSG have, have done and how they've kind of um, gone about their project at times, then, you know, as JJ said earlier, um, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit for, for, for Newcastle. Absolutely is. Definitely. Um, check out JJ's um, um, uh, piece that he put out uh, within the last hour and a half before we came on the show. Great piece about the, the Qatari uh, Saudi kind of uh, situation with Newcastle and PSG. And he actually talks about exactly what Lee said is that uh, from, from a Newcastle point of view, it's about watching other clubs and what they've done and maybe learning from, from mistakes that have been made by other clubs and actually making sure that Newcastle make the right steps along the way. And we've made a lot of really, really good steps. But the, the mighty win, I'm not happy with that. Um, I have you know, I'm the younger brother in this situation. Oh, and you're having me out like, like, like Lee, Lee, Lee's, uh, this Lee's in this. I'm definitely the older one. Definitely the older one. <laughs> Uh, it's not the first time they've said it, so uh, you've definitely done something right. Really. That's for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm portrayed as the older one in this situation. Uh, I, I, I don't know, but um, look at this point now. Um, uh, I think we'll, we'll get into the match conversation, but yeah, of course, when we get into the match conversation, um, we need some stats. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver. For no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. <laughs> Evening, lads. Yay! Magic Heat of Tears. <laughs> Champions League, double-O, Stato, uh, the main man, uh, Keith Roll. How are you? How are you on this fantastic Monday evening after a 2-0 win against Burnley ahead of the massive Champions League game? Yeah, I'd just like to say I got the match. I called the match absolutely spot on. 2-0, I said, on Friday, Thursday night, and it was spot on again. So, uh, yeah, it's always good when you get a match prediction, right? Uh, what were they calling you after that? Doctor something else. They called you, it wasn't Doctor Doom, it was Doctor something else. You were calling us Mystic last month when I got one or two, right? So <laughs> yeah. um what have you got for us this week with regards to stats uh for PSG and Newcastle? Got a lot of stats here uh with a European theme for tonight. Um so I've got PSG, so their record in total in European competitions. Um, the history, a bit of the history of the club here. Um, how uh, Paris have done against English teams, and how Newcastle have done against French teams. A little bit as well about uh, the manager of PSG, and a bit about goalkeepers, players, and a little bit of general to round off. Um, so Paris Saint Germain record in the European competitions. 
Uh, they've played 264 games. They've won 139, drawn 60 and lost 65. Um, Paris Saint-Germain, the European honours, one European Cup Winners' Cup and one Intertoto Cup. Once they've been a Champions League final, one-time Super Cup finalist. Um, they also were in two Cup Winners' Cup finals, winning one of those in the 90s. Um, Paris Saint-Germain's record against English teams in European competitions, they played 27 games, won eight, drawn eight and lost 11. Um, um, with the sort of famous wins against sort of um, Man United along the way. Um, Newcastle's record against French teams in European competitions, they've played 13 games, won three, drawn four and lost six with some memorable games against Bordeaux. Sochaux, Marseille, Troyes, Monaco, Metz and Bastia at the beginning. Um, moving on to the managers, Luis Enrique, he's managed four seasons in European competition, including three with Barcelona in the Champions League. Um, his record as manager in European competitions, he's managed 80 games, won 50, drawn 13 and lost 17. And as manager in the... Um, at Barcelona, he won the Champions League, Euro, UEFA Super Cup and the FIFA Club World Cup. As a player as well, Luis Enrique, he also scored for Barcelona in Newcastle's 3-2 win uh, in the Champions League in 1997. Um, moving on to the goalkeepers, uh, Jean-Luigi Donnarumma. Um, he has 13 clean sheets for Paris Saint-Germain in Ligue 1 last season. Um, and both Donnarumma and Nick Pope have got a clean sheet each in the Champions League this season. So one of the O's has to go, as they say, possibly to uh, on Wednesday night. And Nick Pope, um, when he made his Champions League debut, he recorded eight saves. And that's the most for a goalkeeper while keeping a clean sheet um, in their first game in the Champions League since Alisson for Roma against that Atletico Madrid back in uh, September. 2017 and he's also the first English goalkeeper to record a clean sheet in his first game since Fraser Forster for Celtic back in September 2012. Um, moving on to the players, um, Kylian Mbappe, um, we haven't really talked about Ooh. a lot about him have we, Kylian Mbappe? <laughs> um, He's scored 41 goals in 62 games in the Champions League including six goals for Monaco and 35 for Paris Saint-Germain. And he's scored five goals in 11 games against English teams uh, in the Champions League, um, scoring in games against Liverpool, Man City and Man United. Um, and he's scored eight goals in seven for Paris Saint-Germain this season. And he's scored 220 goals in 267 games in just over five seasons for Paris Saint-Germain. And I also wanted to speak a little bit about uh, Moussa Dembele as well, um, who's previously been linked with a move to Newcastle um, in the media. Um, he scored 10 goals in 47 games in European competitions, including eight goals in the Champions League and 36 Champions League games for Barcelona. Um, he hasn't yet scored for his new club, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, no goals in seven so far for um, Moussa Dembele, but there is more about his game than goals as well. Um, and Goncalo Ramos, um, he's scored two goals as well in seven games for Paris Saint-Germain this season. A few 
stats to round off. Um, AC Milan versus Newcastle um, was the first game for Newcastle since the 2-0 home defeat in the Champions League way back in March 2020. Um, and away from home, um, Newcastle are unbeaten in their previous three in the Champions League, one win and two draws. Um, and Paris Saint-Germain's nil-nil draw against Clermont um, at the weekend meant they have had the worst start um, to a season on, under the owners of the Car Sports Investment. Um, and the results at the weekend meant uh, that Paris Saint-Germain, they've just had 12 points from uh, after seven games, which is their lowest um, points tally at the, this stage of the season um, since 2010-11 season. Um, and just to round off with a general fact, I wanted to see if you could get what, each get one of these questions. Uh, so there's 10 players who played for both Newcastle United and Paris Saint-Germain. Can you give me at least one player from that? Team? Alan Gomar. <laughs> Alan Gomar. Lauren Robert. Lauren Robert, yes. Johan Kabay. Yeah. Does. You're very quiet there. Oh, Didier sorry, Domi. Sorry, uh, yeah, Domi. Um, Domi. Took all the easy ones. Um, <laughs> sorry, someone else. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, n- number 14, played left wing. We said Janola, did we not? No, I don't think we did, did we? Yeah, I said him. Oh, did yeah. you? Oh, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Do that, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, we said uh, Domi as well. Um, oh, Winaldum. You've nearly named well, all of yeah, them. Wijnaldum, good one, Wijnaldum, you've, yeah. you've nearly named all of them. Uh, there's only just a few more. Um, Habi Bay, did somebody name Habi Bay? Um, uh, Sylvain Distan, um, Rodriguez Helder, um, and Fabrice Pancret. Oh, oh my god, that rounds off the stats. Wow, did you look? Did you look that up, Keith, or did you just have that at the top of your head? Who's that? that? Came off the top of the head, <laughs> top of your head. I, I knew it. No, only joking, only joking. There were a few, but well, looking at the stats, I thought you know, there is a little bit of synergy there, certainly during a certain time, the early 2000s, the Robson years, the back end of the sort of you know in the freddie shepherd era we were signing a few players that had played for paris saint-germain and a little bit there in the 2010s as well i didn't know Habi by played for both clubs that was new to me i didn't know Habi by played for psg um that was that's interesting um, i love the way the chat is just mentioning anyone who's french cabela cabela did he come from montpellier cabela um, did he come from yeah, yeah, he played Montpellier, yeah, yeah, and then Florian Toban came the from title there, yeah, came from Marseille. Um, Florian Toban, I definitely wouldn't have come yeah. from there. Um, Lot Remy, he came from Leon. Um, yeah, he didn't come from there, uh, but yeah, um, brilliant stats as always. Uh, give you a round of applause for that, he absolutely spot on. Um, that is for sure. Now, um, what I want to get to is the match. And there's a reason why we have, we, we've left this um, to the side for a little bit because um, I want to get your opinions on this, Lee. Um, 
and I want you um, to tell us what you think the team is going to be. Once. Yeah, see, team. Yep. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, barring any last-minute injuries. One second. Hold on. Let me just load okay. it. Load. Let me just load it up. Um... While you while you're loading that up, Pete, we, uh, there was a good question here that we can put to to, to Lee. Uh, and it was, well, it was it was two similar questions, but I'll go over Stu Amos's question first. How is the PSG fans viewing the game against Newcastle? Interesting to know how we're viewed on the continent. Mm, well, question. yeah, really good question. Um, I actually messaged Pete. Um, I think I messaged him not long after the draw was made, and they were well. Prior to the draw, PSG actually fans were actually expecting a really tough group. So this group, the group game is no surprise. And one of the kind of the feeling around it was typically new, we're going to get Newcastle from top four, from the pot four. We're, we're bound to get Newcastle. <laughs> and it happened. And there was a little bit of unease to begin with initially uh, amongst quite a few of the fans. And then it became, you know, because PSG didn't start the season very well. Um, and still haven't really. Let's be honest. It's some from a from a league perspective, the drop nine points. So there was a little bit of a feeling of, you know, the uncomfortable feeling around this group. And one of those reasons were, were Newcastle because Newcastle is still relatively unknown. Um, this new Newcastle era is relatively unknown because it's kind of like it's been a huge springboard. And it's this trajectory has happened so quickly. So. If PSG fans haven't been keeping an eye on them, just literally watching seeing the league table is enough to know that, you know, especially in the Premier League with, you know, ousting Liverpool from the top four just for one is is is, is quite a feat. So, absolutely. Um, in terms of this game, I think PSG fans have become a little more, let's just say, confident as the team have started to perform a lot better in recent weeks. I think PSG fans are really quietly confident that PSG will get the win. Um, I think PSG fans would overly take a, I think they'd take a draw. I don't think there'd be, you know, there'd be too many issues around a draw at St. James's Park. I think there'd be a lot of emotion riding on this game because again, like Pete said earlier, first game in 20 years, we see that they're doing like a light show. They're, they're pulling out the stops. This is a really massive occasion. And, you know, that crowd will really, you know, I know it's a proverbial 12th man. It will be. It's going to be tough for PSG on Wednesday night. Really, really tough. Um, but I think that PSG fans generally are confident that they can get the win, that they've got enough quality. And I've seen a few PSG accounts on social media today that are highlighting, in particular, you know, the key players at Newcastle are likely to be missing this week. And that could be a factor, certainly, in terms of how this game goes. Definitely. Um, and look, well, let, let's have a look at it now. Um, so first and foremost, um, I want you to to have a look at the, the PSG team. How do you see PSG setting up both personnel and, and formation? Um, uh, talk us through it. Yeah, they'll go with the 4-3-3. Uh, obviously, um, you know, first and foremost, it'll be Donnarumma um, in goal. Um, just said most definitely. They'll go uh, left back. Will be Lucas Hernandez. Let me have him. Let me let me change this appearance. Come on. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, Lucas. 21. Yeah, Luke, number twenty-one. Um, yeah, so we have Luke at left back. 
Lucas Hernandez will take left back because Nuno Mendes is is currently injured now for a little while. So he'll continue at left back. It'll be a centre back part, uh, pairing of Milan uh, uh, Skriniar. Right sided or left sided? Left, stick him on the left. Um, there will be Marquinhos. He's been getting a bit of stick this season, Marquinhos. Marquinhos has been getting a bit of stick for 18 months. Um, not been his best period in the PSG shirt. Uh, all all started really with that that defeat in Madrid. Uh, remember the Benzema hat trick mm. um, late on in Madrid in back in 2022, and uh, he went for a period of a good 12 months where he just he was really scarred by it really, and um, completely lost his confidence, lost his form. And you know, if you're the captain of Paris Saint Germain, there's kind of no place to hide. So he's took a lot of stick. Um, but to be fair to him, he's shown signs of recapturing that form again this season. So hopefully, you know, long may it continue for him because um, it, it's been a pretty tough period for him um, the last year or so. Um, at right back, we're going to have obviously Ashraf Hakimi, who is uh, in absolutely incredible form this season. He's, uh, I think, with the with Messi going. And um, you know, being able to occupy that space down the flank, he's he's really kind of come into his own. I think uh, you know, he said the other day that Luis Enrique is bringing the best out of him. He's, he feels free. He's able to kind of really impose himself on games. And um, you know, PSG paid a lot of money from Inter, from Inter Milan for him. And uh, you know, I think he's it's really starting to to show now. He's uh, this is this is what he he's all about. And uh, it's nice to see him really flourishing now. Uh, in that position, so that will be the that will be the back four. Um, holding, just um, a holding midfielder. Obviously, Manuel Ugarte will just sit there and sweep yeah. everything up, and then you can. From there, we're on the left side. We'll have Vitinha, just there, perfect. And then just over to the right, we've got Warren Zaire Emery. Slick Warren just uh, being primed for the for the club captaincy one day. Um, again, if you've not seen him play, worth keeping an eye on, and also worth reminding yourself that he's seventeen. Wow! <laughs> incredible, incredible footballer. Um, okay, we'll have a, we'll have a front three on the left. Obviously, we'll be killing Mbappe. So the left of that three, okay. we'll him there. I'm gonna go with the right. I'm not gonna go with the central striker yet um, but over on the right I think we'll go with Usman Dembele I think he will start now this last position is a real toss-up for me obviously between Gonzalo Ramos and Randall Colomani. Um I'd like to see Ramos start personally I'd like to see him in then PSG have not missed a, a box striker since Edison Cavani left the club they've not had one since then and you can see what he could he did against Marseille scored twice he was you know, just in, in, in incredible form. He looked dangerous, wonderful finisher. But I think for this away game, I think we'll see um, Enrique go with Colomwani. I think that's who will, will start this game. I think Gonzalo Ramos will potentially come into the game in the second half off the bench. I think Colomwani will start purely because I think he'll do the dirty work. He's, he's willing to get back and defend, you know, um, with the potential to leave Mbappe up on his own. You know, for any potential counter attacks, but you know he's certainly a player who will who will chip in. You know, on corners or you know, obviously uh, set pieces. You'll get by beyond the ball. He'll chip in. He'll really kind of do that 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 really dirty work for the team. 
and uh, it's got an incredible burst of pace as um as he's shown on multiple occasions this season so yes Colin Moani will kind of chip in and um and then do the defensive side of the game but um yeah I, I get, like you said that leaves Mbappe to really you know if he's left on the last man then it's it's usually curtains so any kind of lapses in defense any any opportunity for space or breakaway that leaves Mbappe up top to to do his thing so I I think that is very likely going to be the squad barring any late injuries or niggles I think PSG will go with that team Ooh, okay interesting interesting team there uh, uh Dad, I'm going to come to you from a Newcastle perspective. What what do you think the team is okay. going to be Wednesday now? Obviously, Lee's already alluded to the fact that there are a number of players that we're not expecting to be featuring um, against PSG. So, what 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 are your thoughts? And then we'll get Keith to um, give his opinion on this as well. Yeah, we go. We go my assistant manager Keith Keith Roll there. Um, okay, Poppy Poppy's in goal. Picks himself. Yeah, definitely. Then we've got trip trips, trips, and that will be the the most interesting battle of the night uh, for for us. Uh, maybe on the other side, on the left, uh, Dan Byrne against the, the belly, uh, and the chat is alluding to it as well. It, that's not going to be pretty. Um, then we've got it's, it's such a such a pity that Botman is is going to be uh, missing for this because um, I I have a bit more confidence you know if if he, if he was around but we've got Shar uh, and Lascelles. Do you think Shar's going to play on the left this as he yeah. did against Burnley? Exactly because uh, Lascelles can't play can't play on the left yet. Um, so then in midfield, no, Keith, you correct me in any any of those. Are you happy with that defence? Yeah totally agree i think it's such a shame about botman um i think the confidence there when botman plays um it makes the difference but you know he's he's just not playing he's not injured so um the cells has done well in the last two games go with the cells there you know and that's probably the best strongest back of the back four that we've got available at the minute yeah, exactly. Okay, midfield um, is going to be Bruno, Tunali, and... Where's Bruno? Bruno City? Bru- number, number six, yep. Uh, Tunali then. Uh, we put him on uh, the left. Tunali. Okay. And um, uh, Lange, John Longstaff there as well. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll play, and I think he'll, he'll go for the experience to Nali uh, Champions League. Um, then up front, um, okay, on the left has to be Gordon, the man, our our our, our player of the season so far, um, uh, Gordon, and uh, with the with the on on then on the right, I, I think he'll go again with Murphy. Um, he play Murphy. Um, just just have a feeling he'll play Murphy there uh, and have Miggy to come off the bench uh, when, when we when we need him. And then up front with Wilson's potential slight injury, I think he's going to go with, with it, uh, Isaac. But it would be interesting to see if, uh, if Wilson is fit enough to the bench and then to come off the bench at a later uh, stage. But Keith, your thoughts on um, my midfield and uh, attack? Mm. Yeah, agree with your thoughts here, Daz. Certainly in the midfield, um, 
I think I mentioned on previous shows recently as well about how well um, Longstaff and Gamera's link up and complement each other. Um, when you know Bruno goes forward, Longstaff goes in uh, for the cover. Um, and Tonali for the European nights and the European experience, really on the other side, for sure. Maybe Anderson comes on late on in the game, but that's where I would start with in the midfield. Um, Gordon, player of the season, yes, so far. You can definitely make cases for that. Yep, he has to start there. Um, Isaac as well on the other side, um, certainly in attack, um, is your strongest forward at the minute. Unfortunately, with the uh, Wilson injury, we haven't got the option of um, sort of rotating at the minute, the two, so it's got to be Isaac. And then on the other side is an interesting one. I think we've mentioned it on previous shows, haven't we, Pete, about um, Jacob Murphy. Um, and it's it's probably the area at the minute where we can rotate between game to game, between Champions League and the league. Jacob Murphy did really well over in Milan. Why not give him the nod as well here? And then bring, you know, certainly if you need to change things up with the pace later on in the game, bring um, Almiron on in the second half. A little bit like he did in in, in, in the San Siro. Um, uh, that, that could well be the case. I know that Yano's um, just put in there, Miggy has to start. Um, he, he didn't start in San Siro, which is, I think, probably part of the thinking, but potentially um, he could, and, and you bring Murphy on. But uh, I'm inclined to think that Murphy could potentially start. But Lee, where do you think PSG could potentially win the game? And, uh, with their style of play, with, with what you've seen from them, what are they likely to do? Are they just likely to target our, our in your opinion, our weak areas? And I'd love to know where you think they are. And um, uh, what is their style? What do they normally do to kill games off? Well, PSG are much changed um, tactically this season. They've gone from, a, you know, certainly under Pochettino and under Gaultier, more so under Pochettino, a very counter-attacking team. Mm. Um, they're now a possession-based team. So they will, they will literally pass you to death. Um, so the straight out of the school, that Barcelona school of managers, Pep Guardiola, who's obviously really kind of implemented this style of play incredibly well and been very successful with it. And then you've got, you know, some of the, even his disciples, people like Michael Alteta, you've got what Enzo Maresca is doing at Leicester, you know, same kind of philosophy that's being uh, implemented. Well, you know, it's the same kind of thing again um, with, um, with, with, with uh, Luis Enrique, it's taking time to change the philosophy completely because this team is not used to playing in this way. Um, however, I would expect PSG to certainly have a line share possession, maybe 60% of possession, and Newcastle to definitely, you know, try and cause some some um, some trouble on the break, which they've certainly got the players, um, certainly looking at Gordon and, and Isak from that team, which can cause PSG problems. I will come on to where I see Newcastle uh, causing PSG problems. But in terms of PSG, obviously, you know, it goes without saying Kylian Mbappe, the moment he's given any space, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Trippier, if he comes up against Lascelles, he's going to cause problems because he's one of those players that he's, he's a match winner. He scores hat-tricks in World Cup finals. You know, this is a guy who's, you know, he's just one of the one of the very best in the, you know, top one or two players on the planet. And PSG are very lucky to have him for as long as they've got him. And you know, he, he's, he's, due a, he's due a big performance and this could be it. He loves his Champions League nights. You read out his record earlier in terms of his goal-scoring record. It's 
it's up there with the very, very best when we're talking about goals to games. And this is a kind of occasion he'll be he'll be relishing playing in England against a Premier League team, full house, big atmosphere. This is this is his this is his stage. So certainly anything with Kylian Mbappe, um, you know, he he's going to be the danger man. Of course, what will be interesting is Dembele in Dan Burn um, there as well because you know his pace, being able to get around him is very tricky. But he's also very frustrating, Usman Dembele. You know, if he's bearing down on goal and he's got a one-on-one, then the likelihood is he will not score because, you know, his he's finishing is very erratic. He can be a little frustrating, but he's also capable of the sublime as well. So that'd be a really interesting kind of pairing um, as well. Manuel Ugarte will play a huge role in terms of, you know, turnovers and transitions, yeah. as you'd expect. And then just keep an eye on Ashraf Hakimi, who's scoring for fun, attacking with pace, yeah. getting into dangerous areas as well. We'll um, see more in I, this I area. Really. Absolutely, absolutely. But then you've got Mr. Gordon who's sitting there on his own when PSG lose the ball and that's where <laughs> there's problems. So I will, you know, I'm, you might ask me that later, but certainly in relation to where the game can be won, it will be certainly number seven, number 10, those wide areas uh, getting in on goal in those wide areas they'll, they'll, and, and, and obviously it, it, with the addition of Hakimi overlapping I think they're the three key elements for PSG against this Newcastle side Just while you're there um, and you've talked about it where, where do you think Newcastle uh, you, you've already touched on it where do you think Newcastle could potentially hurt you um, should I stay in this area here what, yeah, the wide wood. areas, the, the wide areas absolutely because you've got PSG you've got two incredibly PSG will press high um, and they've got two incredibly attacking fullbacks so Lucas Hernandez gets forward starts to get into those real deep forward areas as does are they positions here Lee, would you say would they are they around here they're maybe slight. just a little bit further maybe just a tad further back really but they just they will literally bomb forward at every potential opportunity they can very very dangerous lots of pace really dangerous from attacking areas as well um so that's why Manuel Agate's role is very very key um now where Newcastle can can hurt PSG. So when if the ball gets turned over, if Hakimi and you know Fernandez and Hernandez are high up the pitch, then you know PSG are potentially in trouble. Now PSG will always give up opportunities. Unfortunately, they've conceded far too many goals this season, um, and a lot of that is because they've been caught out of possession or you know or the lapse in concentration. And unfortunately for PSG, Marquinhos and Skriniar um, are not exactly blessed with pace. So this is where Gordon, Isaac, and, and Murphy. Personally, I'd go with Almiron, personally. But the, this is where these... Um, uh, Gordon, in the form that he's in, certainly, and Isak's always a threat. This is where they can get some real joy. But they've got to make take their make their chances count because, you know, if they get the opportunity to punish PSG, you know, and able to attack with pace, Marquinhos and Skriniar probably won't stand a chance because, you know, when... And, like any defender will say, you know, if you've got a if if you've got a striker who's who's or, or a winger who's got pace and they're bearing down and running at you, it's going to be difficult, you know, to deal with that. You know, it's what defenders hate the most. So that is for me is is where PSG have to take sorry where Newcastle have to take advantage of PSG um, those transitions, you know, those turnovers, and with Hakimi and Hernandez potentially out of position. So they've got to make that count because that's the way you, I don't know if you guys may have seen the PSG Nice game. Um, nice have got a striker called Terra Moffi and he did exactly that. He absolutely ran PSG ragged that night. 
And um, that's the way in which PSG, Newcastle have to go about this PSG game. Um, because maybe quality for quality, PSG, you know, on, on 11 versus 11, with that out there, PSG probably shade it in terms of quality. But, you know, you know that that's not the be all and end all. You know, it's about hard work, grit, determination, taking advantage, finishing your chances. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think PSG will be looking certainly at Gordon and Isaac as the biggest threats. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think you made some really good points, and I think the fullbacks could well be key in there. And there's a few in the chat that are saying, you know, with, with Hakimi and Hernandez's starting positions, that Murphy uh, and, and Gordon may well play in this position. Now, I, I would kind of agree that Murphy may play here, but I think Gordon will play here. And and this is the conversation that we had last season. Daz, you'll know, Keith, you, you may well remember about Alan St. Maximin in that. We, we allowed him to just stay here and people getting saying, why wasn't he getting back and in, in covering his ground? And why wasn't he getting back and covering the, the fullback? It's for games like this. Um, and this is where I think Gordon may well play that same role. And he might not be seen here covering here, that he may well be sitting in this position. And if Afresh, um, uh, Akimi makes that run forward, that you'll probably see Sonali cover there. I yeah, Tonali, Tonali's going to have to get involved because Big, uh, Big Dan Byrne is, is, is in danger there <laughs> uh, yeah. because there's, there's going to be too much coming at him down, down that, that side, that left-hand side. Is this is this your team as well, Pete? Because I know we said on the reaction show that you wouldn't name your team until this show. So uh, any changes you'd make to it? And um, the reason the reason why we, we um, Keith and I put Murphy in there is just that from an attacking sense, yes, I, it'd be Miggy all day, but it just... Murphy might bring a bit more defensively as well. Um, but yeah, what, what's your thought? I think as sorry. well. I think sorry, just just to say as well. Um, I think as well. Almiron did almost the full ninety, didn't he? And you know, he was only Murphy was only about brought on for a minute or two on Saturday. Two minutes in yeah. extra time. Two minutes in extra time, and that seems to be the the pattern that House seems to be adopting with this rotation and. That is the only reason I'm thinking that Murphy could actually start. Is is that coming into play again here, just like it did in Milan? Yeah, uh, lad, I agree with you. I actually think Murphy will start because I think it was a surprise that Murphy started in the San Siro, but I don't think it would be a surprise if he started at St James's Park in this game. So I, I would agree that this is probably very much likely to be the team. Um, the only thing that makes me think that Almiron will start is because um, Almiron's fit enough to play two 90 minutes back to back. And and with the international break then kicking in, I think maybe how might think, right, we've got two big games here. We need to get points out of both of them. Let's play Miggy Almiron. Let him like effectively run himself into the ground and then he'll get a little bit of rest because he may not work as hard or may not need to work as hard in his games in the international break. He'll get rest in between and he'll come back fresh. That's my only real thing, uh, my real thinking with regards to that. But actually, um, like logically wise, I think Murphy will start, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, Yano has mentioned about Wilson. This, so, this is Yano that that had had uh, Wilson in the championship last season. Remember, he was sent uh, to the championship. Now he wants him in the Champions League squad. You reminded him of that, not me. But uh, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is that nobody really knows about Callum Wilson about what his injury is. There was there's lots of talk about his injury not even being logged. Um, a lot of people saying he was being rested. Look. 
I still think Alexander Isak starts in the Champions League, yeah. but I would love to have Callum Wilson on the bench to bring on as an option late on in the game because I think his 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 ability to be kind of really just you know just just an absolute killer in front of goal and just he's already on four goals this season anyway. Um, you know his ability to make that difference and potentially bring him on, maybe put Gordon on the right. He's up on the left and Callum Wilson through the middle later on in the game could well be an option that, that PSG may not well have, uh, have prepared for. However, I do think Murphy will be here, but I think Gordon will stay here on the, on the chance that if the ball breaks for him, so if we bring the ball into uh, into the into the situation, if the ball breaks here, if you've got Dembele moving into here, Akimi in there, Tanali winning the ball or Shaw winning the ball in this situation and playing him in, what you want here is Gordon one-on-one with Marquinhos. And that's exactly what you want in that situation. The pace, the directness, running in, bearing down on goal. We've already seen him win two penalties this season, but we've also seen him with the ability to cut in and whip the ball into that corner, but also go to the left here into this position and whip it back in for the striker. Um, Longstaff scored on the back of it, um, but Wilson or Isaac getting on the end of that. That is exactly what we want. And I think Newcastle may, at home, may well take the risk and ask ask the midfield boys to do a, a mammoth job in securing these two boys to allow Gordon to get on the end of things. Um, and with what Lee was saying about the, the fullbacks, you know, maybe what may well be being exploited in that situation actually can, can potentially, certainly on the left, um, fall into our favour. And you know Gordon's going to give everything. He's suspended for the West Ham game. He's going to leave everything yeah. on the line against PSG to ensure that he gets back and forth and commits as many players forward as possible. Murphy did a superb job, by the way. Let's not forget against Rafa Liao at the San Siro. Just doubling up here in this situation against Rafa Liao. And you had Longstaff in as a third. What you'll probably see is here is, is Longstaff playing more of a defensive role to try and stop Mbappe getting into this gap. Because we know... Trippier for his is he's been outstanding for his, but getting into these gaps here and the pace that Mbappe has either side could well be a problem. But if you double, maybe even triple up into this area here to stop Mbappe getting any sort of joy is going to be the the difference between Newcastle getting anything uh, and, and, and losing the game. So th- that that's my thoughts on this. Um, Ngarte is going to be key to to mop things up for for Isaac. But Bruno Gomez has been on fine form at the moment, um, dictating the play. He'll be looking at whipping balls into these areas here for Isaac, into these wide areas to to pull him, um, pull him across. And it'll be interesting to see how Marquinhos deal and Spinar deal with Isaac, not just being a full line striker, but pulling into the wide areas to receive the ball. Um, but look, hey, this is going to be interesting. Tactically, it's going to be very, very interesting. We're going to need to be playing 110% for, for 90 plus minutes of this game in order to get anything. But but Lee, anything to add on the back of that um, before we come to Daz and Keith? No, not really. No, um, makes to- total sense in terms of, you know, what Newcastle's um, approach will probably be. Um, looks like that, you know, I think that's a pretty clear 
a pretty fair react, reflection in terms of Newcastle's side who was likely to play. Uh, there might be one or two surprises in there. Don't know whether Wilson, again, there's a bit of a unknown about Wilson, isn't there? So, you know, will he be fit? Will he be fit enough to start? Will he be, will he be on the bench? Who knows at the moment? But um, no, it'll be an interesting tactical battle. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a really good game. Um, I know that Luis Enrique will uh, he, he, he will know all about Newcastle. Remember that game in that three-two against Barcelona in '97. He was he was a part of that Barcelona side at Newcastle, and he even said after you know the disappointing draw at Clermont at the weekend, he said, you know, Newcastle will be better. My players will be better. This is will be a different game. So, you know, the players are already up for it. They know they've got a mammoth task that awaits. And um, and obviously, it goes without saying that Newcastle won't take much geeing up for the crowd, for the players. This is a, a huge, huge occasion. So um, those are people that are going to be there. Very, very lucky. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm looking forward to seeing not just, you know, the atmosphere and, you know, everything around it, but also the tactical battle uh, of Howe and Enrique. It would be really, really interesting. Definitely. Um, Daz, Keith, anything to add tactically before we move on? No, I'm just, wor- I'm just, I'm just really worrying about uh, those wing positions. Have, have do, do Mbappe and Dembele ever swap over? Uh, I just don't want to see Mbappe um, running that damn burn. They, 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 they have, but it's not, uh, it's not overly often that it happens. Dembele likes to stay over on the right. Um, ideally, I hear what you're saying. You probably want to want Mbappe on Dan Burn is probably what you're trying to say there. Yeah, no, it might be a bit of a mismatch, of course, absolutely. But but no, Mbappe, if anything, he'll go through the middle or he'll, he'll drift over to the left. Of course, he, he you know, he, it's not as if he's not ever seen on the right-hand side, but he usually takes up that, that position on the left. That's where he gets most of his joy. Okay. Keith, anything to add? Nothing. That hasn't already been said yet. Uh, obviously, a few more concerns on the uh, that side, certainly. Um, rather than, I think it's going to be a massive challenge in attack, you know, with Dembele and with uh, Mbappe. There's no getting away from it, but that's what the Champions League is about, isn't it, really? It's, you know, testing yourself on the biggest stage. And... Yeah. I suppose one thing is with Hakimi being being pivotal to PSG's this season. I've seen a few of his goals today. I was just looking, at but uh, that that might, if he if he pushes up, it's leaving Gordon there isolated. Then we know that he's our danger man, and everything's gone through him this season for us. So uh, whereas they have yet yeah, two two really strong attacking threats on on, on either side, we've we've got Gordon, and we know we have Miggy as well, but. Yeah, I think it's it, it. I don't see Miggy starting. Maybe later on, but um, I'd be interested to see how Jacob Murphy exploits the pace of Hernandez moving forward because a lot of people forget how fast Jacob Murphy is. He's rapid, and although I think he'll do more of a defensive role in this area here, I actually think that, like he did in San Siro, expose teams moving this way in this situation, um, moving forward and trying to get into the box. Um, and creating opportunities moving into here. Um, the key to it all is Alexander Izak. Alexander Izak was very much a striker at the San Siro that played in this area here. But Alexander Izak at his best comes into these areas here and he exposes these wide areas. And this is exactly what we need 
from him. So we will need him making runs into this spot, um, pulling out the centre-backs wide. But then we're going to need, I think, in my opinion, Tonali running into this area. Because I think Gamirez and Longstaff are going to be playing very much a defensive role. And it's not really going to get too much past this area here. So Tonali's going to need to be running and, and almost, you know, arriving late in the box um, to be an extra to Gordon and then Murphy potentially making the runs into this area here, if it lets me click onto it. So they'll probably be the four that will get forward and Gamerez and Longstaff will probably stay in this role here uh, as two sitting in, just, just to counteract the, the counter-attack. Um, you know, you may see Trippier here, but you'll probably see Longstaff here and just covering things over. But, but guys, we could talk about this all day. I think it's going to be really interesting, fascinating, in fact, um, and, 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 uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great to see. Um, yeah, Jan says, fast player on the pitch will be Gordon. Just need to take advantage of that. I'd probably counteract that with Mbappe because Mbappe is seriously, rapid. seriously rapid. I think we, we uh, underappreciate him, uh, from that position. Um, maybe just one or two questions before we get to predictions for Lee. Okay, let's go with this. Yeah, this one here from Richard Joblin was a good one. Um, are PSG used to teams that press them high up the pitch like Newcastle do? It's not necessarily anything new, but the way we do it, uh, a number of top teams haven't coped. No, 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 um, not really, not in league as you'd expect. Um, they're the big wigs, they're their reigning champions, especially with, you know, a lot of teams come to certainly to the Parc de France and they will, you know, set up their two banks of four and, you know, just whack a, a load of players behind the ball and, and basically scrap for their lives. And often PSG have come unstuck in that situation, even been hit on the counter-attack, specifically last season, or they've been in a position whereby they've just not been able to find the, the winning formula to kind of break teams down. So in terms of the high press, not not really often. I think the last time really he's been in the Champions League, you know, playing the likes of Bayern Munich, who play a very pressed and high line um, and were beaten quite quite convincingly last season. And obviously, they, you know, they faced Manchester City um, the season before um, in, in the group stage. And again, struggled at times specifically at the etihad um but yeah they don't often come up against those real kind of like uh you know real high presses or or, or a real high pressing team so it'll be interesting you know in terms of how you know how, how newcastle approach the game if they do inflict that then it certainly gives psg something difficult there's something different to think about but i'm sure you know uh, Luis enrique's done his homework he'll know what to expect or hope to know what to expect from this Newcastle side and, uh, and and have a plan in place certainly to combat that. Cool. And one from Ian here, he asked, uh, Lee, do you know how are there are many PSG travel uh, fans travelling over for the match? Yeah, I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure how many tickets PSG were given. Um, it, there are tickets still on sale in the away end, uh, even now, like to, you know, 48 hours before the game. Um, partly what that is, can PSG do travel in really big numbers? What happens is they were, a section will uh, a section of tickets will be given to the ultras, um, who are always given a, uh, a quota of tickets from whatever's there. And then obviously the, the rest of the public uh, will then scramble for the rest of the tickets. There are tickets available. And partly that is because there are some 
more logistical issues, I think, more than anything in terms of getting to St. James's Park. Um, what's happened is is that the main direct flights out of Paris to Newcastle are done by uh, are operated by Air France, and as these airlines quite uh, do as quite often, I'm sure Newcastle fans have found this with their planning for trips to Paris, Milan, and, and Dortmund. Is that they've hiked the prices up, so you, you've got prices around about 400, 400, 450 pounds to fly from Paris to Newcastle, which is probably be around about an hour and a half, an hour and forty five minute flight, which is just you know, insane, really, to, to think, you know, you could fly around the world, somewhere around the world for that. So it's very, very expensive. So what some fans have then gone and done is to fly to a different airport, like a Luton or a uh, Heathrow, with the plan of getting a train. And as we all know, there is a train strike on Wednesday. So okay. there are some logistical issues. There are some issues getting there. Um, you know, getting to Newcastle is not easy for, for PSG fans. There's going to be a bit of a bit of a mammoth journey for those that are not willing to fork out four or five hundred pounds to get there on a direct flight. I know PSG have put a flight on ticket plus flight for 400 euros package uh, to St. James's Park. Um, I think they fly back directly after the game. Again, um, you know, that's an option for some. But my friend, uh, my good friend's coming over tomorrow. He's flying into Luton tomorrow night and he'll stay near me. Um, we will we'll drive up. We're going to drive up early on Wednesday morning. Um, so he's lucky um that you know obviously because i think there's one or two people that he knows that are not been uh quite as lucky in terms of getting to newcastle because it is you know it's a hell of a way if you're flying into Luton, and it's a hell of a journey i'm still on top yeah. of that so um yeah so I, I there might be one or a few tickets left over but there'll be plenty of noise i can definitely assure you of that <laughs> Good answer. Um, Genie when Adam's on fire tonight, he's another one. It's refreshing to see PSG sign some French players like Dembele, Colimanani, etc. Have PSG finally learned from their mistakes with Madigan, Diaby, Nkunku, etc. and actually want homegrown players? I believe so. Yeah, it's been something that's in the pipeline for a little while. Um, it's some, been something that um, obviously players have called out for. Presnel Kimpembe, who's obviously a homegrown player, is is uh, gone on record said many times that there needs to be a, a more of a French identity at PSG. So it certainly appears that that is the route that the club's going down. Not entirely French, of course, because you know there's players from other um, from other countries that are you know are doing some wonderful things at PSG at the moment. Um, but it appears as though you know this club is going to have far more of a French identity uh, through this next phase of the, the Qatari era. And certainly it, it, the fans are happy with that. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, obviously they've spent, I wouldn't say they've spent copious amounts of money because they've brought a lot of money in, of course, this summer. So in terms of next spend, it's not been overly too high. Um, but it, it's interesting because I think PSG's business this summer has kind of set them up for the next two or three years. So because of all, all the outgoings and ingoings this year, I think it'd be a bit of a quieter summer next year where they may just bring in an additional player here or there. There's Xavi Simmons coming back next season as well from lo on, on loan from um, from RB Leipzig, which is, is a star in the making. So that's going to be really, really exciting. And um, yeah, it's great to see. It's great to see a bit of French identity there. I think that I think more than anything, there's been a real kind of a rift with the fans and the players. There's a real disconnect there over the last few seasons. And I do think that you know now it seems to be mending itself with this uh, with this Parisian identity, especially some players born in the Parisian area. People like Colin Wani, people like Mbappe. Um, you know, plus others. So yeah, onwards and upwards, and it's certainly more harmonious now with the inclusion of this this French core. 
last question before we go to predictions. So it's from JC. Question for Lee before he leaves later. How is Will still getting on this season? Will still's doing all right. Will still's doing all right. Had a really good result yesterday against Leon. Uh, Rams won 2-0 against Leon. And Rams are up to third or fourth. Third or fourth, anyway. I know they're above PSG. Um, so they're, they're doing really well. Lost a couple of games, but, you know, pretty much won the rest. So they're doing really well this year. Uh, look better um, than they did towards the end of last season where they tailed off a little bit. Obviously, they lost following Balogun, who was on loan from Arsenal, obviously gone to Monaco now. Um, but they've, they've really kicked off, kicked on, sorry, they've really kicked on this season. And it looks really good. They look good. They look uh, they look strong. They're, they, you know, they're tough to break down, tough to beat. And, um, yeah, he looks like Mr. Stills at it again. So um, we'll see where it ends up for him this season. I hope he, hope he does well, because uh, it's good to see him kind of living the dream and doing a wonderful job. So, yeah, see where That's they end up. Shout out to Tom Dixon as well, who's in, on his holidays in Greece and tune, tune into the show, or one of our mods, Tom Dixon. Cheers, cheers, Tom. And also, he reminds everyone to smash that like button and subscribe if you haven't done so already. What are you waiting for, waiting for to do the right thing? Pete, back to predictions. Prediction time. So, Daz, I'm going to come right back to you before I go to Lee and then myself. Go first. Uh, what are we going for? The big game prediction. What what are you predicting hmm. score wise? I think there's going to be goals. Um, I saw someone put in the chat a four three at one stage, but I am going to go one all draw. I think that would be an absolutely brilliant result for Newcastle, especially with the injuries. If we if we didn't have if we, if we had Botman, um, I would be thinking we could get something. With, and it'll be to get that draw. It'll be um, the war flags and everyone there um, getting us getting us over the line. So I'm going to say a draw. One off. I'm going to join you. I'm going to go Desmond two two. Um, I think it's going to be um, a, a draw. Uh, I think. It'll be a really tough game. I think there'll be a lot of emotion in there. But I think, as you said, Daz, I think there's going to be goals. So I'm going to go Desmond. Uh, for me, um, a, a double whammy, um, Lee. I'm going to ask you for your prediction, but Tom Dixon has also put in the chat as well. Do you think Newcastle will qualify from the group? So a little double whammy there. Prediction and then what you yeah. predict for Newcastle in this group phase. Yeah. Um I'm leaning towards a 2-2 as well, Pete. Um, that's what I had in my head. I'm leaning towards a 2-2. I think that um, I think it's going to be a really great night at St. James's Park. I think it's going to be entertaining. There'll be goals. And, you know, I think Newcastle will give a good account of themselves. I really do. Um, that crowd will really push Newcastle on. But also Newcastle will, you know, uh, I think PSG will, will, will obviously show their quality as well. Um, PSG can see regularly. So I, I can see Newcastle scoring for sure. Um, but I can't see Newcastle keeping PSG out either. So for me, 2-2 draw, um, probably a late equaliser from Newcastle, I would say. Um, as for Newcastle qualifying from the group, I spoke to you last week, Pete, didn't we? Uh, when we got together last week and I said to you that um, I thought Dortmund are the weakest team in this group. Um, I think the next two games, regardless of Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday's result are absolutely pivotal for Newcastle. These two, that double header with Dortmund. Um, I'm not sure. Is it is it the is it the home game first or the away game first? 
Oh, I, I think it might be. Oh, I don't know. The home game first. Yeah, the home game first. I mean, that's an opportunity. Oh, man, if, Newcastle to, if Newcastle were to get a point tomorrow, and let's say, you know, Milan Dortmund was a draw, that would be absolutely perfect for Newcastle to then, you know, get Dortmund to St. James's and blow them away. Um, so, no, it's for a, me, it's away first. It's away first. Again, you know, no. again, I don't, home. 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 Sorry. It's 25th of October, Wednesday the 25th, we play them at home. It's home first. Right, brilliant. So, great opportunity. But the key for, for Newcastle to go through is even if they don't win against Paris Saint-Germain, they must beat Dortmund at home. Uh, I think if whatever the result tomorrow, if you know, if, if PSG, sorry, if, if um, uh, Newcastle don't beat PSG, they must beat Dortmund at home. I think a failure to win those for any of the first three games might might be difficult, might be difficult to get that second place or, th- or first place. So for me at the moment, I would, I think it'll be a, a shootout. I do think Paris Saint-Germain will qualify. I think they'll be one of the teams in the top two. And then I think it'll be also a battle between Newcastle and AC Milan. I, I think Dortmund will be the ones to crash out uh, at the Champions League out of this group entirely. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a real battle. And that last game, is it, is it, is the last game against Milan at home? That's going to be massive for Newcastle. Yeah. That is going to be absolutely massive. Because you've got a feeling that it's going to be winner takes all in that. I see PSG going through, and I think that'll be winner takes all. It, what makes it worse is that I think either side of that game sticks. I think we've got Chelsea and Man United either side Ooh. of that. Yes. Yeah, so it, it, it don't come any easier for us, that's for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, of course, we, we come to. Double O Stato, the old Doctor Doom. Uh, what have you got for us this week? You got the right prediction for Burnley, so you've got you've got money in the bank there. An old WWE phrase, but uh, yeah, who's going to cash week? it in? Who's going to cash yeah. it in on the night? Yeah. Um, I'm a bit worried. I've got to say, I wouldn't. I wasn't as worried until the injuries started coming in last week or so. And I think it could be telling, certainly in defence and at the back, certainly, um, with, um, as well, with on the other side as well. I, you know, I, I think Dembele, even though he hasn't got the goals, he does offer something that else, and I think he will trouble um, Burn as well and Newcastle. As well as that, uh, Real Madrid apparently are sending one of their chief scouts out Um to Newcastle to keep an eye on Mbappe and it could be one of those classic European nights for Mbappe on Wednesday um, and I think Newcastle could score and they could score early or at some part of the game and I can just see the, the, the roof lifting at St James's Park but I think PSG could shade it with um, Mbappe I think there's just a bit too much quality it had Botman been at the back, then you never know. But it could yeah, just be a narrow win, yeah. be a narrow two-one to yeah. PSG. I hope I'm yeah. wrong. I hope Newcastle continue the undefeated run and get a point as well, two games unbeaten. But I just think the the combination of the back four, the European experience of Paris, and Mbappe might just shade it. Yeah, sorry to jump in there. Just I think that's a really good point. That you know, Lascelles coming in is. Mm, he, he, yeah. uh, you know he's he's not had a lot of football in the last what eighteen months or so. 
I think that's going to, you know, this is, you know, the, the top table of European football here that we're talking about. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Look, he might pull out an absolute world of, of a performance, of course he can. But I think that's going to be a very, very interesting one. Um, and certainly, you know, something that PSG will, will, will look to look to exploit that. They'll know. They'll know his lack of game time. So they'll look to exploit that, I'm sure. Very, very interesting. Did, did we get an official score up, up on the screen? Keith? All oh, right. Yes. The European Knights as well. That, that sort of uh, sort of threw us off a little bit with the... Uh, it threw us Ryan, off a little bit Ryan there. For time with, here. Um, it certainly <laughs> did throw us off there. Um, but you never know. I mean, it could be. It could be. Let's just imagine that that's just on the other side. It could be the old 2-1. It could be the 2-1, uh, certainly um, either way, but it could be the away 2-1, which I'm worrying about, really. But uh, let, let's just wait and see. It's going to be exciting all the same. Let's just enjoy it. This, these, are, these are the occasions. Can you imagine a year, two years ago, I think we'd be playing Paris Saint-Germain and... In the Champions League, and Mbappe, the what arguably the world's best player at the moment, or one of the world's best players at St James's, had we have qualified it two years ago, would also have Neymar and Messi at St James's. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it's crazy. Well, Newcastle definitely would have won. We're defending with eight men. Newcastle definitely would have won that. <laughs> I take that. The other thing is. Uh, We've five clean sheets now in a row here, <clears throat> uh, and the the last two games that Lascelles has played, we've, uh, we haven't conceded uh, far that. So you never know. Never know. Here it comes. Including Man No, just saying anything can happen. Early sending off or an injury to a key player, anything can happen on the night. You know, so hard to predict, especially Champions League nights. Just you know, they're special. They're different. You know. Um, and, and, and I think that even if PSG may have that little bit more quality on paper, um, I think just this game being at St. James's Park will almost be, you know, a little bit of a leveller because I just think it's going to be so hyped up there. I'm looking forward to getting up there. If anyone sees me, I'll be in the Greg somewhere. Um, I'll, I'll be somewhere doing something. I'll be just roaming around and I'll be, what is it, the gate? I'll be around there somewhere. Yeah. I'll be right there. <laughs> You've got, you've got Greg's just over the road, I believe, haven't you? Oh, oh get him. Yeah. Come on. My mate's coming from Paris now. He loves his croissants. He loves all these pastries. I'm going to take him for his first Greg's. Um, so that'll be interesting. Very, very interesting. Convert him to a Newcastle fan. He won't go home. <laughs> he said to me, actually, he said to me, he came to me, I told Pete this day, he said to me, he goes, he goes, Lee, what's it like about Newcastle's crazy? I said, it is. You're going to love it. You're going to love it, I promise. And he said, can I wear my PSG shirt when I get attacked? I was like, mate, no, this is not like you're not in Marseille, you're not in Saint Etienne, you're not, you know, this is Newcastle. I said, I'll probably buy you a beer if anything, you know, it's all good. It's all got a nice, friendly crowd up there. Always a fun, fantastic city, and always a, always a pleasure to go there. I'm looking forward just as much as the games to be in Newcastle. I've not been for so long, so it's going to be great to be up there and just kind of feel the atmosphere. So it'd be nice to. I don't know if I'll see you there, Pete. By the way, um, I know you'll be getting up there a bit late. I'll be, I'll be up there in the middle of the day, so um, I, think yeah. I might miss you. I'll probably be in the stadium by then. So uh, I wish um, I was. I wish I was, but work's got in the way, so I'm literally like, yeah. I'm literally scrambling. 
Um, yeah. As soon as I finish work, I'm out. No chance to get change or anything. Out onto the motorway up to St. James yeah. Park. Like, I'll be cutting it pretty fine to get there on time. But look, I, I'm sure I'll be okay and uh, I'll, I'll be in there for the game. Absolutely. But, um, Absolutely. Um, possibly catch you afterwards. But look, guys, um, uh, it's been a fantastic preview. Absolutely amazing. Thank you for 170 plus that have been in there all throughout the show, putting your questions in and getting your comments in. We've already got 80 likes. Let's get us up to 170 oh, plus because we've got 170 plus in the chat right now. Make it happen. Get it in there. First of all, Dad's absolutely spot on. Questions spot on. Uh, comments spot on. Um, as always, double O Stato, amazing. Um, those stats just keep getting better and better. Champions League edition. And of course, um, Jonathan Johnson, um, brilliant stuff. Make sure you you, you give him a, um, a subscribe and, and keep all of his content. And last but not least, um, Lee, absolute pleasure to have you on. Great Thanks for having me on. French football and PSG. Cheers, Lee, as um, always. Cheers, best guys. PSG uh, after, after Wednesday, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ren, Ren on Sunday, tough game. Always lose there. So, but all, all eyes on St. James's first and foremost, of course. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm sure we'll catch up probably after the game and we'll, 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 we'll maybe uh, get a little bit of content in to put on the to, to loaded. Um, Absolutely. Game. But, uh, boys, the Champions League's back. Newcastle are back. Champions League, St. James's Park. Um, the drones, um, as I put on here very, very quickly, <laughs> are up in lights. Um, as we've ah. seen, um, fantastic stuff. We are back. That's for sure. Um, and just a amazing. couple of quality players. Um, that's amazing. It's just amazing. And, and there's been more um, tonight. <laughs> and, and and there'll be adverts and stuff on the back of that. But it's just it's just where Newcastle is going now, which is just amazing uh, to see. Um, everyone in the chat, amazing questions. Uh, thank you for all your support. Um, absolute pleasure as always. Um, and of course, we will be back for more content after the PSG game. Um, but we're back, guys. We're back in the Champions League. And uh, of course, we do love playing away. Dad, say those famous words. Yes, and it's not how do you like that. It's shout out to our sponsors. You know who you are. We'll just finish it. How'd you like that? Good night, everyone. Yeah.